Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You're listening to Talk of Champions, an Ole Miss Spirit podcast with Ben Garrett. It's up! It's up! It's up! It's up! It's up! It's up. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit. Been on Twitter. Joining me now, Ole Miss hitting coach Mike Clement. Hey, buddy, what's up? Hey, man. How are you? Good. It's been too long. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Sitting here in beautiful Como and uh, getting ready to. Uh, I'm probably not supposed to say that because I don't know when this comes out, but I am. I'm sitting in Columbia, Missouri, and getting ready to play some baseball. Don't call it a streak, but finally, back-to-back wins. <laughs> getting two or three from Georgia, and then beating, coming back to beat UALR. Don't call it a streak, but hey, some late season signs of life. That's good. That's right. That's right. We played. We played well, and uh, especially over over the last week, and um, obviously with 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 some youth. Um, sometimes that's what you need, and and uh, and you know, play well at the right time of the year, and and make a run at this thing, and see uh, see where we're at. How challenging has it been in the locker room? Because I mean, obviously, fans are bummed and all that stuff, but. For you guys in particular, what have the conversations been like? Well, it's tough. I mean, it's tough when, you know, you you, you got some guys who have, who have had a lot of success, and obviously it, it hasn't for a lot of reasons. We, we You know, most of it are our own doing, haven't played great, and uh, haven't put all phases of the game together um, consistently enough. Um, it's tough. But the, the, the other side of that is, um, especially with the guys that I work with, the, the position players, we have a lot of guys who uh, either fortunately or unfortunately were in a similar situation a year ago um, where it took us longer than we wanted to, to figure it out. And they, they know um, what can come of that if you just stick with it. And so, you know, that's the bright side of it. You could, you could see some signs of life and, uh, and, and guys continuing to show up and, and you know, this from being, being around, like we got some, we got some good dudes and some good leadership and some guys who um, aren't going to give into this thing. And I think that's the difference between maybe us and some other teams um, that haven't experienced the success of the, of, of what our roster has. I think it's much easier to give in when things don't go well. And with our guys, they haven't done that. They, they continue to show up and they continue to play hard. And um, that, that, that's been good. I think that that works into our advantage here down the stretch. Obviously, as the hitting coach, pitchers aren't your focus, but I don't want to bury the lead too far. And Hunter Elliott today undergoes Tommy John surgery. Uh, after the season opener, his first start was shut down for eight weeks, comes back against LSU. It's not what you want, what you look for. He gets yep. a second opinion. What all went into the consideration there to finally shut him down? Yeah, super bummed for him more than anything. Uh, obviously, a tremendously talented pitcher, but um you know kind of the the bell cow for us coming into the to the year he's the true ace and uh you know a guy that has done it and you're excited about and all of that and so you know had some had some forearm tightness after the first outing way back in way back in february and got consulted by i think either four or five you know of the of the most renowned doctors in the country and 
um, you know, their suggestion was it's not something that, at that point that they would operate on. And, um, you know, they wanted to do a return to return to pitch protocol and um, took a long time. And he was diligent about his work and came back. And, you know, unfortunately, after that LSU outing, they experienced the same tightness and then, um, you know, had to get it had to get it worked on. And so um, more than anything, bump for him, obviously, selfishly bumper bump for our team too because um man when you have an ace as as we've seen around the league and around the country and he goes down uh, man it affects everybody and so and i don't just mean affects everybody that we're bummed out for him and for us but i'm talking about all of a sudden different people have to fill different roles than 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 maybe what we thought and um it's certainly it's certainly i would be lying if you said it didn't, didn't didn't have a big impact on on what's going on that guy um as as you know and all of our fans know um, can really impact a season in a game. We, we saw firsthand a year ago. Was there a temptation amongst the coaching staff and the medical personnel to shut him down when it first came to light, I guess? Certainly. Uh, we, we were going to do, from a coaching standpoint, what whatever was right for Hunter and uh, whatever that looked like. And so that's why we, we got whatever it was. Hunter got, you know, three, four, five different opinions from, you know, who, whoever it was, big league, um, team positions and all of those things. And we, from a coaching standpoint, tried to stay out of it the best we could. You know, obviously he's, he's done everything he can for, for this program and our university. And, and we're not going to compromise uh, his future or his health um, for that. We, you know, from a, from a coaching standpoint, you got to separate yourself from, from, from that and do what's right for the kid and the family and all of that. And I feel like, you know, Mike and laugh, in particular, did did an awesome job of that. You know, there was there was zero pressure uh, from our end for him to push his way back or whatever. Um, and he uh, he he certainly gave gave it his very best effort. And unfortunately, just uh, just continued to continued to bother him after that outing. Do you think he's thrown his last pitch as an Ole Miss Rebel? Really good question. Um, I don't know that. Um, I certainly hope not. Um, but as far as you start looking at timetables for return and all of those things, uh, man, I think that's a possibility uh, for sure. I'm just doing the math on it. Um, it's a, that's a really hard question day after surgery to know. Um, I, I know he hopes to continue to pitch for us, and, and, and we do too. Uh, so much of that is going to be dictated on on uh, how he recovers and all of those things. And then – Obviously, the, the the big looming question that is the most fickle and hard to answer question is how the draft all spins out because the draft is an impossible thing to predict. Period. Um, and then you talk about a guy who um, is coming off of surgery and rehabbing, and how all of that all spins out is is probably I probably would would not be doing him justice to try to predict whether or not he he throws more pitches for us or not. What was kind of the draft profile pre-surgery now after surgery, if you had to kind of put one out there? Oh, man. Um, there, there's certainly a profile, and I don't even pretend to be a good scout. But probably being candid with you, the most difficult part of my job um, or one of the most difficult parts of my job is you have these guys, and I'll, and I'll use the position players because that's who I work directly with. You have these guys who completely trust you, uh, are completely loyal to you uh, and families. And, you know, you take pride in having answers for them. Hey, what's my swing look like? Hey, what adjustments do I need to make? Hey, is my approach okay? And they're putting their future in your hands and they trust you and all of those things. 
and then the draft comes and they come into my office and ask like, Hey, what do you, what are you hearing? What do you see? Where do you think I get drafted? And baseball is different. There's 20 rounds. Um, it's not all performance based. And that's a question as a person who takes pride in, in having answers for the players in different spots in their life. That's really, really hard to predict. And so, um, it's, it's just hard to know because the, it, it's not like the other drafts in that these people are drafting based on, is this guy going to play in the big leagues in four years? Whereas the Buffalo Bills are drafting Nick Broker based on, hey, does he fit into our 53-man next fall? And that's not the way it is in baseball. There's still so much drafting on upside that it's really hard to predict from a baseball standpoint. Like I've been floored with certain guys in the past, both not getting drafted where I thought they were, meaning lower. And then I've been shocked with other guys who got drafted way higher than what I thought they would. And it's, it's a really fickle process. Kind of touched on what I was getting at. You know, Gunnar Hoagland, him coming off of Tommy John, he still gets drafted as a top three-round guy. But Doug Nikhazy, the most accomplished pitcher in Ole Miss history, still goes in the third when he had no health problems. You know what I mean? So, it's, like, it's, Hunter's more Doug incredible. than Gunner as far as upside and projectability. Yeah, it's, it's incredible. D- Doug Nikhazy... And I don't know who second place is, and I've been around a lot of really, really good pitchers and shared a dugout with them. Clem, it's Drew Pomerantz. Doug is the best college pitcher I've ever been around. Now, I wasn't with Pomerantz, but I was at Texas A&M with Michael Walker and Ross Stripling, who here we are 12 years later, they're still pitching in the big leagues. If I got one game to win, it, it isn't, I don't even have to think about it, that it's Doug. Yeah. And so, I don't know. Yeah, and it, you're, you're exactly right. Like, it's just hard to figure out what, a certain organization sees and you know they try to use their crystal ball to figure out is this guy can this guy pitch in our rotation can this guy play shortstop for us in three years well with the uncertainty in regards to hunter's future here does it change y'all's approach as a coaching staff as y'all approach the um transfer portal this time around yeah i think i think i i could be i could beat around the bush with that and all of that but yeah yeah you know if he's healthy and he's in his second season and he's having an all-american year and all of that I think we approach things a little bit differently um, with a with a healthy him, <laughs> and that, than what, what we do, not knowing if we will have him, you know, a, a year from right now. Certainly, it, it changes how we attack the portal and uh, recruit and all of those things. Yes. Yeah, I can hear some people yelling through the radios. Of course, it does, Ben. You idiot. But I asked that because y'all already were going to have to do significant leg work as far as position yep. players, because you could lose eight of your starting nine in the field, yep. you know? So now prioritizing yep. a high leverage or high end arm might leapfrog a, a need for a starting spot in the field. No doubt. No doubt. Uh, it's the most important position. Um, I would love to say it's the three hole hitter and all of that, just because of what I work with. Um, but certainly, um, you know, good pitching can, man, it can cover up a lot, of, a lot of sores, you know, it, it just, uh, it's the most, it, it dictates the entire game. And so um, you're exactly right. And we, and we do have work to do from position player standpoint. And really, I think more than anything, it's can we get the guys who have signed letters of intent that have significant pro interest, can we get those guys to campus first? Um, and then can we attack the portal um, with some significant additions um, after that? So, yeah, it's a, like the portal's a little different for us just because we're also battling the draft. And so, yeah, there's this, I don't know, 100,000-piece jigsaw puzzle that you try to put together in a short window of time 
Um, but that's our job, and, and we'll, we'll put it together, and we'll be, we'll be super competitive. Introducing the new and improved BNA Bank mobile app. From setting transaction alerts and tracking your spending habits, to managing travel plans and turning off a lost or stolen debit card, you can take care of all of it in the new BNA mobile app. At BNA Bank, we know that life moves pretty fast, and we have the mobile technology to keep up with your life on the go. BNA Bank. Local. Invested. Modern banking. Are you ready for the Grove? Because I know I am. So join Lane Kiffin and your Ole Miss football rebels at Vaught-Hemingway Stadium this fall for the 2023 season. Order tickets now to participate in the seat selection process and to explore seating options. Visit OleMissTix.com, OleMissTix.com, or call the Ole Miss Athletics Foundation today, 662-915-7159. For Ole Miss football season tickets, it's time again to help lock the vault. The car buying process can be a lot. I know, I've been there. You just want to get in and out with a new car and the best deal. Simple. Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford keeps it simple. They're going to take care of you, get you in and out with your new vehicle with a great deal. Their inventory right now is priced to sell. And what separates Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford from any and all competitors is they aim to address each of your needs with the utmost respect, care, and attention to detail. Contact them today at 662-234-8000. That's 662-234-8000. Stop by and see them in person at 2201 East University Avenue in Oxford. That's Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford to find your next perfect car, truck, or Jeep. Alan Samuels, let's be friends. The older I get, the more I realize there are just some things I don't know. Balancing a budget, for example. I'm not a financial whiz. Sure, I know batting averages, passing and rushing yards, three-point shooting percentage. But intentionally putting away money for retirement? That's where my friends at NerdWallet Smart Money Podcast come in. NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the financial world, helping you make smarter decisions with your money. The nerds have helped me get smarter about things like planning my tax bills so I don't dread April every single year. Actually, I was one of the first in line this time around. Saving on travel so that I can take my girls on trips. Because spending less on airfare means more money for an extra night and maybe a fancy dinner too. So enjoy the things you love, the Ole Miss Rebels, your family, your friends, knowing that your financial situation is taken care of with advice that you followed from NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app today. Trust me, future you will thank you. Well, looking ahead to this weekend with Missouri, obviously there's a path to the postseason, making it to Hoover and all that kind of stuff. As coaches talking to the players and kind of setting up what these last few weeks mean, what is the path? What do y'all see as, all right, this is what we got to do? Yeah, this is going to sound super. And I take a ton of pride when I come on here to not like. I know. Um, but I really mean this, like, just win the first pitch tonight. Like, and that people ask how to turn around last year and people talk about Chris Coughlin coming and speaking to us or some speech that Elko gave and all that. And I don't want to diminish those things. The way we did it was just like play well inning by inning. And we just continued to play well. And that's why like no one can really pinpoint, Hey, what was the turning point? Because that, that's what makes a great story. But, but in reality it was, we started to play better 
and we started to just play inning by inning. And I think that's where we're at now too, right? You look at the conference record, it's bad. And it's so far past, like, what do we need to do to get here or there that it's turned into, hey, let's get a good start from Revis tonight and let's go get after their starter and let's get into their bullpen. And it really has turned into that. And so I, I think we'd be foolish to look forward and be like, well, here's who we have left. Here's who we need to pass to get to Hoover or whatever it is and just go win and then go to bed tonight and wake up tomorrow and find a way to win that game um, and just win, win the game you're in because that's what's important. It doesn't matter what RPI is at this point or any of that. Just You just got to go win games. Got to be hard to stick to process when the losses are piling up. That, but I think that was one of the greatest strengths of last year's team. They stuck to process believing that, hey, this is a proven track record of success. If we stick to this, we'll get to where we want it or get back to this and start playing yeah. more consistently. I know it sounds simple, but kind of is, isn't it? And I think, and I think I've said this before to you on this podcast, like those guys, that, that team um, and the leadership on that team, not just Elko, but, but, but a lot of different guys, they showed me, you know, I used to have this uh, in the clouds theory of what leadership truly is and what they taught me is leadership is say, just show up and be the same person every single day. That's good leadership. Like those guys just showed up. We were the, they showed up the same to practice last year when we were whatever the lowest we were the exact same way as they showed up on the Friday off day in Omaha before we played Oklahoma to practice for the national title. Like, and I mean that genuinely. And that was the best thing I can say about last year's group, but they certainly to your point, showed exactly what needs to happen to that you just have to be consistent. And they were. They were the definition of it. We've talked about the draft risks from the signing class before on this podcast, but has any of that changed as far as who you're going to be sweating the most? Mm. No, I don't think it's changed a ton. Um, it's it's those couple arms, Xander Meath, uh, Noth from, from New York, those guys have been really, really good this spring from a position player standpoint. You talk about Cooper Pratt. You're talking about Campbell Smithwick. Those guys have performed this spring. And so um, those are the names that I'm probably leaving out one or two. But, you know, those those are the names that have garnered significant draft interest. Um, and, and you know, that we'll, we'll have to fight from that standpoint. I do think that they have really, really um, – a ton of interest and feel to go to college. And I think it'll take a lot for them um, to sign. But again, going back to the draft and the fickle process, you just never know. It takes one team to like them. And all of a sudden they're the 18th pick of the draft and get 3 million bucks. And it's like, well, yep. See you later. <laughs> that stinks. <laughs> uh, it's a uh, man. You talk about sweating out watching the draft. That stinks. That is a high anxiety, like uh, take your blood pressure medicine a couple days. What was the worst gut punch you got in the draft? Oh, man. There were uh, – last year was tough because we knew we were going to lose Jack and Ferris, left-handed pitcher. Um, Roman Anthony, uh, left-handed hitting outfielder. Man, he, he signed for $2.5 million, and that was his number. And we had done enough research that we knew there were only two organizations that even had a shot at liking him at that number. Freaking Red Sox took of him. And it's always the Red him. Sox. Yeah, hate them, hate them, um, hate them, but we and, love them because and, we want them to take Ole Miss players. But you, you get what we're saying, yeah. That's right. Draft, draft our juniors. Don't draft <laughs> our signees. Draft them in three years. So, yeah, it's crazy because because you got to be thrilled for the kid. He got what 
you know, he stuck to his number. He got his number. Shoot, the kid was living in a dorm on campus and, um, you know, awesome family, all those things. But, uh, you know, the selfish side of it is you want those guys to come play for you. Cinquez almost didn't show up because of the Red Sox. Yeah, that's I mean, exactly right. Almost killer. You know, he signs with the Red Sox. He doesn't make the pick against uh, Alabama. Like, yeah, I think I think football owes us one. Oh, my gosh. Can you – like the butterfly effect of thinking about that. Holy crap. And they wouldn't have sold as much beer on the square that night. I mean, come on. I was responsible for consumption of a lot of those beers, Clem. So, uh, <laughs> one of the last things before we get out of here, we're talking about the lineup and losing so much in the field. Uh, one underrated aspect of this, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, is Judd Udemark and uh, Will Furness and Kramer. These are guys that are starting to play, step up and show signs and flash. Is that encouraging as far as maybe putting together next year lineup? Yeah, real, really encouraging. Yeah, those, those guys have uh, shown signs, and we've been able to – get those guys some at bats and, and all of a sudden you're starting to see some production out of them. Uh, definitely bright spots there. Those are guys that, you know, like you and I talked even all the way back in the fall, man, we're going to really work to get those guys at bats because our position player group is old. Um, and those guys have started to get more at bats and they've started to uh, produce a little more. So, you know, you're starting to see the freshmen kind of wear off of them and then start to play a little bit better. And um, yeah, there's, there's certainly signs of life and those guys are, um, developing into uh, into guys that we feel like could be dudes. Is it fair to say that turning to those guys is no small part due to the struggles of it? It's like, hey, man, we got to see what we got. Oh, there's some of that for sure. Um, now we have to pick our spots because, you know, we certainly haven't cashed it in and, and, and feel like we can make a run at this thing. Um, but, yeah, they, I mean, they, we, we talk about it. Hey, we, you know, hey, let's work in this spot to get this guy a start here or this guy a start here. And, um they've worked themselves into the actual rotation where we feel like they're good enough to help us win games, like big games, like tonight's game and all of those things. Do you know Taiwan was going in the portal? Didn't know it completely. Felt like he probably was going to. Um, and it stinks. It stinks for him. I know. Um, I don't, I don't even know if he's completely made a decision yet or not. Um, but Buddy, he's, he's on a visit to spot. Miami right now. He's gone. Yeah. He was in a tough spot, right? Like the portal opens up for football in the middle of baseball season. He's not getting a lot of run in baseball. Um, he did what he felt like he needed to do. Uh, I will say this about Ty. He was always a good teammate over, over here, and um, he's a good kid. He's a really good kid, and I, I don't envy that spot that he was in where he had to make a decision, and I don't even pretend to understand all the ramifications from a football standpoint, from an NIL, from playing time, all of that stuff. It, you know, the thing that stinks is it's hard to even give him advice because I'm sure he looked at me and was like, you have no idea what's going on. And I don't, he's right. You know, like uh, it's a different world, the two sports. Um, and again, and then he's got to juggle the, Hey, where's my future? You know, sure. do I have a chance to play professionally in one or the other, you know, a better chance here or there. Um, it's a tough go. It's a tough go and um, disappointing, but but certainly um, I'm not I'm not going to sit here and, and trash that guy because um, I, I, I don't I don't pretend to know exactly what he's going through on the inside. Well, I only bring it up because I get this question all the time. You know, when y'all are struggling, you're like y'all have all year for a guy who's flashed when he's gotten the opportunity and hit home runs. Why why not give that guy a run? You know what I mean? Like what held him back? Do you think? Yeah, there was the hard, the hard part for him is there. There's a lot of swing and miss, um, and like we have all the data to be able to to see. He, he really struggled against 
velocity over 90 miles an hour. Um, and obviously we see a ton of that in, inside of our league. And um, I get the argument, Hey, why don't, why don't we give him a run? But then you start to talk about, all right, we're going to put him in the DH spot and furnace has played really well. Or are we going to put him at first base? Calarco's had a good run of things. Um, and, and, you know, when you start making out a lineup and you're trying to win games, um, it's hard to know who comes out if player X we're going to, we're going to run in there. So uh, I get the argument and he's a fan favorite and all of those things. Cause he plays both sports and he's an awesome kid. Um, I understand. I understand the frustration and, Obviously, we're doing whatever we can to win games. I can right. promise you that we're, yeah. not, we're not. We're not. We're not trying to spit any up. So, if y'all uh, had a fifty home run hitter sitting on the bench, y'all, y'all wouldn't sit it. Wouldn't promise, yeah. Pr- promise you. Promise you. Yeah. Promise you. Well, thank you, my friend. Go get a sweep this weekend. You got it, buddy. One at a time.